Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of the Excalibros. Um, Man, you just like blowing out my speakers here, Dan. I apologize. I don't know why I'm so loud. <laughs> well, new new recording device will screw everybody up. It's all right. Uh, how you doing? Um, well, I have a new phone, which apparently destroys speakers, so that's always good. Um, but I'm feeling good. Um, I live in a country that voted against um, giving starving children food. So, Heil Hitler, I suppose. Um, and I, I live in a country where we put children in cages and separate them from their parents. So, you know, yeah. we're both, we're, we're living the dream, Dan. It's the yeah. best of times. It's the best of times. Pretty much, I'm gonna, pretty sure I'm going to get dragged out back to the street at some point and killed. So, um, good times ahead. Mm. Well, uh, to go in line with these good times, we've got a, four gr- good books to talk about, Dan, right? Four really good ones. Yeah, like um, each one a season of 2020, I think. Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's that bad. But uh, <laughs> uh, we got we got a normal round of books to cover. Uh, so, Dan, why don't we uh, hop right into it? First book we're going to talk about. Excuse me. Uh this episode is Excalibur number 29. Uh, Excalibur, uh, this, this this week we have another uh, bunch of guest creators. Uh, we have Michael Higgins is the writer, Chris Wozniak is penciler, uh, Joseph Rubenstein is inker, Tom Wojciechowski is a letterer, and Glennis Oliver as colorist. And on the cover, oh boy, we've got uh, our team of Excalibur sort of like I don't know, baking on top of some lava rocks, right? <laughs> with with Rachel and like demon form wings spread out over them, which this has absolutely nothing to do with what happens in the book. But fine, um, it's it's kind of like overly inked and uh, a little grotesque. What do you think? Um, Night of the Phoenix. Um, I just want to point out that we also have plot assist by Seth. Show because there's little there's little like asterisks next to uh, writer so someone else helped write this. All oh, right, else. well, um, I, yeah, I don't so know if this, that makes me feel better or worse about this. I I hate this cover. There you go. Have a, I yeah. think it's horrible. It looks horrible. <clears throat> it is horrible. And you know what is horrible? This whole book is horrible, Dan. Um, we, we're not really a fan of, of Wozniak's style of of drawing. Everyone's sort of bloated and enlarged and ugly and gross. And the whole tale is pointless uh, because they meet the power pack, dumb stuff happens, and wouldn't you know it, it's all a dream, Dan. That's the whole book. There's not, there's, there's nothing worth talking about uh, art-wise or story-wise. It's all junk until the end, where in the next morning, Excalibur wakes up, and they all go into the kitchen to grab coffee in various forms of near-nakedness. And uh, I think Brian's only wearing a towel, actually. <laughs> <laughs> legs legs spread in a towel. Uh, good morning, everybody. good morning, team. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, but the only really interesting thing is Nightcrawler goes to get coffee and he has a Batman mug. Nightcrawler has a Batman mug. So then I'd like to spend our, our Excalibur time this week discussing. Do you think Nightcrawler would be a Batman fan, and and why or why not? Um. See, I thought maybe Nightcrawler, all the other, all the other cuts had been what? 
washed up. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the wash and Nightcrawler just picked the only empty one free. So I just don't feel like uh, Kurt would be a massive Batman fan. I mm-hmm. suppose it's like an element of, maybe he likes the swashbuckling, but like maybe I don't know. I just I don't feel like he's the type of guy. But like, yeah, multi billionaire. Um, punching dudes in the face i know i punch dudes in the face but i i you know have a right more of a righteous cause than an orphan right. i um, feel like he, he might be a fan of like i don't know silver age batman uh or or even like uh you know adam west batman he's he, he'd love the swashbuckling he would love like the theatrics of it all you know the costuming and and he, sort of the yeah, secret identity okay. and but he, he would not like the 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 dark brooding uh, sort of always angry right, like on the verge of of like killing people kind of batman you know this is into that really super gothic um uh, i forgot his name um the one that draws batman in the most most like horror gothic style ever which is probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite batman artists but i totally forgotten the name right off the top of my head which is great for a comics podcast sure but we, do, we do we do excalibur not batman why do i need to know batman not right that? um I think secretly it's Lockheed's Cup because hmm. I feel like Lockheed is more of a Batman or Rachel. I feel like Rachel would do would definitely be into Batman. Um, I could totally see Brian Braddock doing it. Oh, he basically yeah actually yeah take it all back. Brian probably thinks he's Bruce Wayne. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's pretty much like he probably thinks he's the British version of Bruce Wayne. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's all Brian. It's all Brian's fault. Look at him sat there with his legs up. He's not got a. Sh- has he had a shower? Why would you? Go into- Why would you even go into the kitchen? Like I'm comfortable with with like workmates, but I wouldn't. You know, I had housemates. I wouldn't go in the kitchen in a towel and just sit down with my legs open. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if, it'd be one thing if they had like. If they just played a game of like basketball, and it was him and Kurt like after the showers in the, in in the locker room, like okay, I get that. But <laughs> everyone's coming down for coffee, and who do you find in there? But Brian with just a towel, legs spread as far apart as possible. <laughs> and, and you know, the the female team members are barely wearing anything. It's just like who? What is Wozniak? Is this how his life is? Did he grow up in like a cult where everyone walked around in just like lingerie all the time? And the guy, the guy with actual fur is is like super covered up. You'd think that he'd be the one in the towel because he's right. fair. I think Rachel's gone for a swim. She looks like she's gone for a swim. Like, do you sleep in that? That's a sports bra, right? You don't sleep sleep in it. I don't. Who knows? I don't. I don't understand any of this. Uh-huh. It's hot. It may be the worst, one of the worst issues we've read, to be absolutely honest. I think maybe one of the, the worst, the worst since the last time Wozniak drew an issue for us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, well, that was that was the only thing worth discussing in Excalibur. This was a, a just a, a giant mess, Dan. All I can say is just we keep waiting and hoping that so- someone will come back and, and save us. Uh, but uh, next looks like next issue we have Dana Morsehead writing and Dave Ross as pencils. So who knows? Yay. So moving on. 
Move on. Um, Let's move on to Exiles. Right, so it's Exiles number 30. The final part of this fucking crossover um, with the normal universe. And on the front cover, <laughs> we, have a, we have a sunset orange sky, which contrasts not at all with uh, Nightcrawler and um, TJ, who are just, TJ's just hugging her not dad dad. And yep. it's totally inoffensive. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it is inoffensive, and if you like sort of the cartoony uh, character models, you'll like, you know, the, the family unit here at least. I, this random orange swirling background doesn't do anything for me. No, I do like to see a good cat. I also think uh, Clayton Henry draws a good cat in profile, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so who, who who are the creatives for us, Dan? Oh shit, yeah. So it's Clayton Henry on Clayton Hen- Harry, Clayton Henry on pencils. Chuck Austin is still writing. Blech. Um, I'm. I don't want to know. I don't. It's still transparency co- uh, digital colors. Yeah. Um, is it Paul Chern on letters or is it David Sharp this time? David Sharp on letters and Mark Morales on inks. I was gonna guess Mark Morales. I literally haven't. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight names under Incas in this collection. I know. <laughs> None of them are specific. So I have to guess. But yes. Um, previously, things happened and Morph was in pieces. And we uh, we have um, Cal, Sasquatch, Little Wolf Boy, and TJ walking in the woods holding Morph's hand where they find Morph, who's happy to have his hand back. Then elsewhere, Nightcrawler and nurse Annie and her child have gone to some place that isn't Kansas. And then north of Xavier's, God, we're just jumping around all over the place. Evil Havoc is fighting big fied wolf people. They are massive thighs. Like, yeah. Their leg thighs, their thighs are as big as the rest of their body. But I do like some of the posing here, because I still think he draws fair really well. Um, so yeah, they have a little bit of a fight and a scuffle. That's about all that happens there, until Alex randomly powers down. Um, and then interlude with the nurse. <laughs> She's talking about his child. And then all of a sudden we're back to North of Xavier's and um, I know Morph can fly, but I thought he had to shapeshift into something that can fly. But maybe he's just flying unaided. I and remember... I don't know if it was an Exiles issue or uh, an Age of Apocalypse issue, but he turns into like a flying carpet or like a steel plate and, and is, is flying at one point. So maybe he can just fly. No, you're thinking, yeah, it's an Age of um, Apocalypse issue because Sunfire's actually flying because Sunfire's pushing him from underneath. Oh, okay. All right. So then maybe this is the first time he's just flying to fly then. You can definitely fly because you can turn into a rocket and stuff. Right. <laughs> so they're all flying. Morph has a nice conversation. Well, I say nice. Morph has some personality. Should I say the exiles are given some lines in this horrible clusterfuck of a event. Mm. And apparently now Morph can just like pull himself back together because he's practically immortal. Um, it has me wondering, not- you know, we had the exiles, the, the recent exiles where he was shot and killed. Maybe he's still alive somehow, you know? Yeah, because it's been alluded to before in this book that he is hard to hard to kill. Mm-hmm. But we'll still see. Then uh, good old Juggernaut 
who seems to have lost 30 pounds since last we saw him. Um, he uses one of the uh, wolf people as a bat and tries to help everyone. Wolverine gets up. Everyone's upset because Havoc's about to get up again. Havoc blows Juggernaut away. Then has a really creepy moment with an unconscious page. And then um, Warren comes down with the sword that changes its shape in every panel. Um, and right. <laughs> uh, literally, is it retractable? Because its length constantly changes. Then Iceman, right, so the sword deflects Havoc's blasts because it's magic sword. Mm-hmm. Those are real. Everyone's upset. Iceman just finishes the situation by icing Havoc. Then they all have a bit of a Everyone I, love, up in I love when Iceman jumps in. He goes, somebody call for Iceman. Like, that's supposed to be uh, an engaging uh, bit of witty banter at some point. <laughs> there was no hint that they were looking for Iceman. It doesn't sound impressive. He's just like, hey, I'm Iceman. Also, it's really weird. Because it's in, it's in that point of the X-Men where Iceman wouldn't fully ice over. He just ices underneath his clothes. So only his face is iced. Right. Which is just a weird... So everyone's talking and then whinging. Um, then Havoc breaks free, and apparently Havoc is so powerful, um, he can handle all of these characters at once. Um, which, to be fair, impressive. Um, massive fight. Then TJ remembers, because the plot demands it, that she can possess people. She's like, um, oh yeah, I have these powers that I've had all my life, and I just remembered I can use them. And then she asks for a fastball special from the Juggernaut, Jumps into his chest. The evil Alex is met by the time broker, and the time broker's like, I can eliminate you personally because I'm evil now. Um, and they all chat, and then they've got, you know, the mission's done. They all have a little bit of chat. They have four days. Everyone seems to have a laugh. Nightcrawler and TJ have a moment together, apparently. Um, Magic finally gains consciousness, makes a new sword for herself because Warren wants to keep this sword and everyone seems happy but they should have all been concerned about themselves because the time broker is clearly evil now um and that was pointless <laughs> well the good point is that chuck austin is no longer on the book yes. the bad point is that his decisions have not it feels like this was an x-men story with a few extra co- like th- his x-men story with a few extra characters Right, right. Do anything? Havoc's right. So, <laughs> writing this evil Havoc bullshit, he clearly didn't, Austin clearly didn't have an out. Because having the whole solution be, oh, um, TJ's just going to plummet into his chest and then the time broker will end it, seems like someone that's like, I really didn't know what to do with this evil Havoc, so I'm just going <laughs> to use like a MacGuffin to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then um, the wolves mean nothing. Oh, yeah, we've just forgotten about like I'm pretty sure they were all conscious when the X-Men arrived and then they're all just like I'm unconscious I've gone like um the character moment between Morph and TJ was sort of nice and the character moment between Morph and um Mariko was was nice but that's about it because our exiles are not allowed to speak um, <laughs> It pushes forward everyone else's story, but not the exiles. It's an exiles book, but they feel like passengers um, on someone else's train. And I do like Clayton Henry's style, for, and I feel like if it was an upbeat book, um, I totally like his when he when he like I keep saying about it, but when he did the alphabet book, which was quirky and cartoony, it really 
worked with his artwork. Um, I don't think he makes anyone threatening. I love the way the wolves look, but I generally thought they'd look more adorable than um, like terrifying or they, they would actually kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Havoc is powerful, but Evil Havoc seems to have like... How does he... I just don't understand how he could beat all 18 of them or whatever, because it's like a million people there. Um, Look, so there's, actually, there's there's ways, like, if he was shooting them all the time, like, okay, I get, get the idea of him just, like, constantly exerting energy, keep them away. But there's the panel where they're, like, jumping on him like he's the Hulk, and he's, like, unfazed by his... It, it doesn't make any sense. No, it really... I was really quite sort of like, oh, okay. And then, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, I'm done. Because um, I feel like... <laughs> Some of these characters, because like Bobby literally freezes him mid blast. So mm-hmm. why don't Bobby just freeze him again? <laughs> like you know, what I mean? right? <laughs> if, if that's your solution, do it again until it works. Um, it's I don't know. It's three issues of someone else writing and treading water because this is the last time Chuck Austin is on. I believe Winnick is back on for a couple more issues now. Right. Because uh, I thought Winnick it was the end of Winnick, but um, clearly he's not finish with it until until soon um oh yes because he, he decides some terrible things later oh, so, great. Uh, so that's always fun but, um i feel like it just doesn't it just doesn't it's not a satisfying ending they try and throw out this whole whole like um oh tj and nightcrawler not ten and nightcrawler all together yay i'm in fun and like they're trying to have witty banter with Nightcrawler being creepy, going, "Oh, I, I best uh, get in touch with Scarlet Witch then." Um, even though, uh, and then that really horrible bit where Alex is basically implying that he's what going to wake Husker or not wake her up when he's about to have like fun with her. Yeah. Which makes me think, what is Chuck Austin's obsession with a blonde eighteen-year-old? Like, it's weird. It's it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just sort of a waste of pages. Yep. I don't as 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 you know we're both X Men fans, but we weren't really excited to see this team of X Men interact with the Exiles because I mean Austin's run is already sort of on the X Men side is so weird anyway. It it feels like too. Even though it's X-Men proper, it feels like an alternate X-Men. So we've got like two alternate X-Men teams meeting and, and doing random dumb stuff. Uh, it's it's not fun. It's not engaging. We don't really get many character moments. It's just like stuff happens because it happens. And then it's over because it's over. I don't. Uh, I didn't enjoy this issue. Even if, if uh, I do like the character models. And like you said, I think... Uh, the art style here would work a lot better with a different kind of story. And uh, Austin was just not the guy to tell that story. Yeah, exactly. And it really annoys me about Austin's um, whole run is because he gets a really cool selection of heroes together. Mm-hmm. He gathers a really like, interesting... And in, in anyone else's hands... Because basically Morrison didn't want to touch anything else. Um, and um, whoever else was writing had their own like sort of thing. Because um, mm-hmm. it was like when... Uh, Joss was writing astonishing and stuff like that, wasn't it? So um, Austin had the pick of anyone, essentially. And he, he filled the roster out with a really cool 
interesting team, and then just shat all over it, um, basically. Because in anyone else's hands, that would have been a fantastic book to read. Yeah. But, now, this but, yeah. is where we get Angel's Blood heals wounds and kills Kurt and uh, all kinds of dumb stuff. Iceman can like reconstitute himself from a single bit of water. Uh, Kurt's dad's a demon. Hulk sleeps with She-Hulk. No, She-Hulk sleeps with Juggernaut. Sorry, that's weird that cousins would sleep together. I suppose it is. Yeah, America. that sounds very David Goyer-esque, man. Yeah, it's all it's all very of its time. And the obsession with this nurse who creepily creeps over Alex while he's unconscious. Um, yeah, that nurse, she's in X-Men for like 30 issues or whatever, and then she just leaves the book. It's so weird. She's like <laughs> she's like nursing Alex for some reason, and she's got a kid, and then something happens. The next issue, she's just like not around. It's it's very Stacy X, where she's part of the team, and then the next issue, well, nope, Stacy decided to leave us. Okay. Yeah, the Stacy X thing will always make me laugh. Um it was Chuck Austin that took over um, from Joe Kelly. Um, and it was him that's just like, nope, six, six dies, no prostitutes in my book. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, she's gone now. Like, she van- she's not actually dead, she just vanished. Right. Um, I think there's a panel was like, she didn't want to be a superhero anymore, so she left. And that was that was like it. No, none of the other characters were like, okay, we're going to miss her. It was just like, she's done. Don't think about her ever again. I totally bring her back in the new Krakoan society. Right. Um, she'd, she'd be the head of my my random team, and make her like a and make our team. Well, we've got like three different X Force teams, so I might as well add an extra one. Um, <laughs> um, or she can be like Stacy X of Swords, and she can be the keeper of all the hundred and fifty billion swords that they I have. would um, have actually had a little bit more interest in the book if that was the case. All we see is just her dusting swords off. That's literally the issue. And people come for like advice, um, <laughs> and that's that's it. Each each twenty two pages is just her dusting another sword, and another X Men comes in and they just have a nice chat. That's it. That's it. Stacy X of Swords helps people heal hearts. There you go. That's the title of the book. I so, love it. We'll have to done. Uh, we'll have to explain it to Jason. See what he thinks. He'll be like Stacy X who. <laughs> <laughs> who is that character only you two know it well oh wow <laughs> that was um that was a, an issue uh not not a great one yep all right then i guess uh if we have to we'll jump into generation x uh this is generation x number 18 let me just pull it open here real quick. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. It says, by Scotty Labdell and little Chris Bacala with Marky Bingham. Um, letterers, Richie Starkings and Comic Craft and Colors by Steve Buccellato. And uh, so we've got Bacala back on, on art here. And on the cover, we've got uh, our... our Four of our team members uh, riding a bubble. Monet's inside a bubble because uh, the, the title is Bubble, Bubble, Turmoil, and Trouble. And it's uh, a prelude to Onslaught. Hooray. Um, I, I kind of oh, I just noticed in, in the bottom right, we've got Emma riding a bu- bubble as well a little bit. 
Um, it's it's very Bacalo. It's uh, it's cute and fun and bubbly. I, I think the, the cover might be my favorite piece of artwork in the book. I really like it because it's silly. <laughs> I do very like the silly. fact that M's, M's inside the bubble kind of makes sense, um, especially what she's doing. So. Mm-hmm. I like it. So. <clears throat> me too, me too. So uh, we start off and um, it's it's just like some inner monologue throughout this whole book. And we've got uh, Husk writing a letter to her family, talking about what they've been doing. They're on a plane flying back after saving Everett. And uh, on the plane, we, we kind of have Banshee brooding a little bit. And Monet's sort of zonked out. Uh, <laughs> Sink bought some bubbles, like the the like the like liquid that you would you dip. You dip like the little plastic circle in and then blow and bubbles will come out. But now Jubilee wants to use it. So they're sort of playfully fighting over who gets to use it. And and the bubbles are like all along the, the panels uh, of these first couple of issues here, which is very Bacalo-esque. Um, Banshee sort of wakes up and, and Emma sort of tells him he should, he should do something. And so randomly he's like all right i'm gonna leave the plane and they're like what so he opens the plane and flies <laughs> out uh sink almost gets like uh sucked out of the plane but he's saved by uh husk and and monet and uh and ben Benji hints that they're not going back to the school um and emma's uh feels like she's taking over the team uh, when banshee wakes up he is like on a mountaintop somewhere with with random digital clouds and a moon behind him, it looks really bad. Dan, these yeah. digital. <laughs> this digital, is rough. Digital. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and he's like, "What? What has Emma done? Oh, oh gosh, Rigora, I'm gonna have to get her." Um, and uh, then we cut back to the school where we see that that groundskeeper we met once before actually accidentally killed a mutant. Uh, so he's hiding at the uh, at the mansion. Uh, I don't know, just stay away from the police. Um, we see in the tree fort that uh, Leech and Artie are just like hanging out and uh, Mondo's around doing nothing. Uh, I don't know. He seems to have regressed a lot. Like before he was talking and now he's like sort of monosyllabic again. Uh, then we cut to our two friends who escaped the carnival and uh they are hiding at a sort of a truck stop, stealing food and just trying to survive. And uh, oh, boy, um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh, not, you know, one of them's like, "Yeah, hey, onslaught is coming," and they're like, "Who is that?" And and it, it just feels like this whole book is the weight of onslaught on it, which is so depressing. Uh, the plane lands, and our teammate's like, hey, this is our, our, where we're supposed to be going. And Emma's like, well, no, we're living here now. Uh, they have a fight, but Emma easily takes everyone out and sort of, I don't know if honestly convinces them or tele- uh, telepathically uh, nudges them that, hey, we're going to be living here now, and they're cool. Uh, at the truck stop, our, our two buddies hop a ride under a train uh, under a, a, a truck to try and get home. Banshee is still searching for things. Uh, and then our team enters a new mansion where Emma's like, stuff's happening, and I don't trust anyone, so we're going to hang out here for a while. The end. I uh, I don't know how I felt about this issue, Dan. It was kind of it was kind of throwaway. Uh, it was nice to have Bacalo back on artwork, even though I don't know if it's 
it's it's the collection we're looking at it has a little bit of like I don't know muddiness to it or, or what, but it, it feels a little bit uh, maybe it's the colors feel a, a little bit muddy. Um, it, it just didn't feel like the standard Bacalo amazingness, uh, especially when we're talk, talking about the uh, the character model for Banshee, who looks completely different now. He's got uh, this weird like crop top haircut with weird goatee and he's like super bulky and, and odd it uh, it just felt like it felt like a, a half a half a bacalo instead of a full bacalo on this issue yeah i'd have to agree with you i think there's some really nice panels a lot of really nice panels but mm-hmm. i think it's it feels more like um like a fill it's ter- it feels like and i don't understand has emma regressed the the students because they act more like children in the right. last couple of pages so she's like sort of just being evil about it and then obviously you've got toad right at the end um because it finishes and ends with a toad um or that kind of bullshit but <laughs> i really like some of it i really do like when bacala is doing the backgrounds like when they arrive at that uh the mansion and all the background kind of reminds me of um uh-huh. starry night um, with all the scratching in the in, in the sky, that's really lovely. And like, it's I think it's the color work because a lot of yeah. like the trademark Bacalo is being murdered by these really flat like energy colors. And yeah, everyone's hair is really like it's just a tone, just one tone for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the constant apocalypse, apocalypse. Sorry, onslaught is coming. Onslaught is coming. It does feel a bit meh. And also, it kind of just loses Paige as the the main narrative force, like within pages of this. Yeah, it'd make more sense if she was almost always the food line, but she's just sort of like, and she's kind of like weirdly recapping everything. Like no one's read any of the previous so many issues, so here we go. I suppose <laughs> it's for people who are um, just buying onslaught books, I suppose. But I I think th- there's not much here to. And it is a half a bacalo. It's not like a full, full one. Um, and there's not much here to like sink your teeth into, other than Emma's kind of gone off the reservation. Um, she seems to have, have had a personality transplant. Because <laughs> right. she was flirtatious and a bit sinister, a bit Emma um, to begin with. And here she's just like, I'm literally going to nudge him out of the plane and take it over because I know she's. You could you could argue that she's lost um, students before. So she'd take ex- extreme measures, but it just seemed unnecessary. And it's all just in service of bullshit onslaught story. So. Yeah, it, it's it's not even like proper onslaught. It's like onslaught's coming. So we're not going to do anything until the event happens, I guess. There's sort of, I don't know, treading water here. It's really, uh, it just feels like we're waiting for, for something. And, uh, you know, I, I just peeked at the next issue and it feels like the next issue we're, we're still just sort of waiting for something. Yeah, it's stupid. But I don't know. What can you say? What can you do? But I got to tell you, Onslaught is about where I dropped off comics for a minute. I was like, really? This is what we're doing? I don't want to do this. <laughs> I stopped for a while. See, there's only one good thing, right? I'll make one one confession about Onslaught. There's only one good thing I liked about Onslaught. It's the Fantastic Four issue where he takes Franklin um, and he defeats, like, all of the combined forces of the FF, some of the X-Men and some of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And he uses... And it's like... It, 
it's where like the idea of a, an evil Xavier really like sort of stands on its own merit, where he's manipulating their minds to fight each other and locking people in in um, their minds because they're too um, powerful for their own good. Mm-hmm. And I remember I haven't read it in years, but I remember is when it when I first read it, I was like, this is cool. He's like taking them apart. Mm-hmm. Then I read the rest of it, and I was like, this doesn't this doesn't really do anything for me. <laughs> It was literally that one issue of FF, and I was like, this is like really fun. And then, because it was um, when I read them, in, we used to get these things, these like trades, well, not trades, like free issues in one books in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. And that's when I read, that's why I read Onslaught, which would be like a couple of months after you guys had seen had read it, or maybe even a year. Um, I think they're called like X Men Essentials, and it would just be like running, like, it's where I read most of the bloody giant team up. Uh, like phalanx convent and stuff like that so. mm-hmm. good time yeah good time <laughs> this was i mean age of apocalypse really was the beginning of every summer is going to be a, a a large event or maybe the flanks yeah. covenant even it's just like uh it's, it's too much i think onslaught killed onslaught killed it until because i can't remember of an event between onslaught but unless you include the heroes reborn bullshit but between mm. onslaught like um maximum security i don't think of like an actual event event since between them we'll find out maybe there's loads who knows yeah i can't remember but we keep reading we'll find we'll figure it out yeah pretty much yeah i don't know dan this this issue was all right uh yeah and we were excited to have bakalo back but it feels like as, as you mentioned the colors are just killing everything that uh he, he puts on the page it's unfortunate yeah, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just depressing. Yeah, it is depressing. Well, that was Gen X. Um, it, it happened. <laughs> so let's move on over to our final book, Dan, which is X-Factor number 76. Right, so X-Factor number 76 is part two of War and Pieces, which started in The Incredible Hulk 391, which I read and didn't care for. Um so, uh, writing-wise, we've got Peter David, um, we have a guest penciler, which is Tom Rainey and Kevin West, we inked by Al Milgram and lettered by Michael Heisler, coloured by, by the good old Glennis Oliver. Um, cover is um, by Stroman, and it's Will Spain just leaping. It's not the best thing I've seen. Um, no, but, I mean, I'll take any Stroman I can get, especially when there's nothing going on inside. Pretty much. So, ironically, this book begs you to go read The Last The Incredible Hulk, but then recaps the whole thing in three information boxes. Um, you don't need to read the last book if you literally read those three boxes, because nothing really happens. Um, we're just in a random uh, pretend city called Transabal, which is your typical... American version of a Middle Eastern country, essentially. Um, Will Spain has been knocked from the battle and is saved by who she thinks, because she's out of a god. Um, she thinks it's ripped her, but it's actually just some two two people, and they drive her away. <laughs> um, Lana only bothered. Then we the rest of the team we move the rest of the team. Lana, who is only bothered about Alex, is like we should really find Alex. Um, I think it's Pietro, uh, which mentions that maybe we should also find um, Wolfsbane. 
and they go and have a little look until the evil guys turn up again who are called the pantheon and they jump into um uh, action lana dealing with all the major tech and telling madrox and strong guy to deal with the guys as um quicksilver goes off to find rain um or rani depends on how you want to pronounce it um and wolfsbane wakes up tied to a chair talks a bit the people sort of like Blame her for turning the turning it into a battle. I don't really know. Um, they're not really bothered uh, about anything, and then they just seem to love this one one random ruler who is a dictator and despot. And then we're back with our team. It's a pretty standard looking comic book, and it's a pretty standard comic book. Um, someone tries to fight Madrox. He gets the Madrox gets the other hand because he can split into millions of people. Someone tries to fight Strong Guy. Strong Guy can just beat them because he's massive, but he also gets his head kicked in at the same time. It's your typical the bad guys are winning slightly till yeah. Lorna, because she's Lorna and I feel like she's completely underpowered, uh, tries to save the day in possibly the best panel of the issue. Possibly while she's deflecting those arrows, but the arrows still stab her because they have a mind of their own. Quicksilver, who keeps changing colour, like literally his skin tone keeps changing. <laughs> wow. Um is is on his way to find um, Wolfsbane. She can hear him. He um, gets he uh, a stalwart Avenger for many years. Um, gets defeated by a puddle of sludge made by a car that somehow kept up with him this entire time. Um, then our X Factor keep winning the fight and not winning the fight, and then the bad guys run away because one of them gets knocked down. Um, Quicksilver's like, you can't beat me. He's living lightning. He's a living lightning bolt. I didn't know that was his like thing. I've never heard that before, but sure. And then the guy that the guy that likes the fascist uh, is gonna stab Wolfsbane, but then is hit in the back of the head by the girl who frees Wolfsbane, and then Wolfsbane decides to get really angry and attack the guy into a room where we don't see anything, and then she's like, I need to leave. Um Well, because... hold on, hold on. So so there's this girl knocks out this guy the guy says you know don't he gets all upset about it he's got a knife um and then they don't show it but it, it's really hinted that he's to kill this this girl for helping to free rain so that that's why rain goes into a uh sort of a, a spiral here and, and attacks him yeah okay it isn't for nothing i'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a reason that she goes nuts it's not just like she <laughs> He kills somebody, so you know, and it's like his sister or his wife or something. It's really, uh, uh, he killed a family member, basically. It's so unclear. Uh, oh, it's, it's not bit... super clear for sure, but he does so, say, yeah. he does say, I didn't mean to kill her, so probably yeah. killed her. Yeah, and then he apparently is going to, she's going to burn hell um, as Quicksilver runs off. And then this is the third part is just Havoc strapped to a, just to quickly, because, you know, everyone needs to know. Uh, the third part, basically Havoc strapped to a bomb for some unknown reason, a missile. That's where he is. That's where he's been hiding. Um, everyone wins. Uh, Wolfsbane's not even bothered about what she's just done. Hulk is just annoying, really annoying. And it ends. Um, that's basically it. So, yeah, X-Factor just leave. And um, Hulk's like, yeah, we're done. 
it's such a weird like ending as well it's just kind of like we're done we're done now bye none of it was it was almost like exiles none of it was worth it um yeah i'm not particularly i was not a particularly fan of the three-part story and i don't think the x-factor part is particularly good i think it's a massive wedge in between what uh, david was wanting maybe wanting to do but david mm-hmm. writes both books so he wanted this crossover <laughs> right yeah, yeah. As, as a person who didn't read any of the hulk issues i was like what what are we doing okay, okay i guess this is kind of random and then with the fill-in artist it felt like well maybe this is just uh they, they needed some time like david probably has a, a real x-factor story he wants to tell but uh maybe stroman needed the time who knows I think he was just sort of, all right. I gotta, I gotta throw some out for a week. So let's let's throw X Factor into Hulk, and then when when the pieces are in place, I'll get back to my X Factor story. Cause the Strowman's back next issue, uh, so hopefully we're back to um, you know the the high marks we're used to for the series. Fingers crossed. Cause if not, then oh dear. Um, but no, I think it's um, it's a weird sort of thing to just read a individual issue um in the middle issue of a three-part story yeah but i can tell you the story doesn't really go anywhere um that's always a good well thing. i wasn't I, w- I read this and i wasn't like oh i better read part one and part three i thought okay um can we get back to x factor please that, those are my thoughts after reading this issue i was seriously i read all, all these other books and i saw the stroman cover i'm like okay here we go and open the book and i, w- I was like wait a sec this isn't Strowman, is it? Oh boy! <laughs> I like Tom. I like. Tom, I actually do like Tom Rainey. He does some great work later on. Like he's got quite a normal style. Yeah, very normal style. Yeah. And um, later on, when he does, um, like he's he Tom Rainey is the same guy who does the beautiful Daredevil, and he's he's drawing Juggernaut at the moment. Um, uh, is it? Wait, no, it's not him. It's Ron Garley. Sorry, wrong person. Wrong person. Uh-huh. But no, um. He draws some X-Men later, which I quite enjoyed because it was quite classical and I kind of in a time where everything was quite hyper off its mm-hmm. tits. So, well, it wasn't uh, like bad artwork. It was just when you're you're eager for Strowman and then you get something else. It's a little bit of a, a blue ball situation. That's all. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that that was quick. <laughs> yeah, we we blast through these books like there's not especially Excalibur. Like you're, you're lucky we didn't go into detail because it would have just been complaining about every panel and have every, everyone's just like these odd shapes. And someone online said it looked like uh, Brian had uh, had inserted a, a hose and, and filled himself with helium uh, yep. for this book. And, and Megan is all like bloated and, and ugly and Nightcrawler's drawn all freaking weird it's just not a that was not a pleasant book to read uh especially since there's lots of dialogue as well and then who do we get they, they team up with uh power pack kind of with other stuff uh it, it was just a giant mess dan you know there's we've had a lot of just of this week just just being issues waiting for other things to happen and nothing epitomizes that more than the Excalibur book because that book has been just waiting for any kind of direction for a while 
Yeah, I think it just needs to go back because, like, it needs to go into that stage where I think everyone remembers Excalibur, where Ellen Davis was completely in control of it. Um, right. So I feel like when you talk to people talking about Excalibur, everyone goes, "Oh yeah, the cross time caper." And then you then you remember you only like two issues of that entire like twenty something issue opus, and right. you like I like the like the first couple of issues. Like I do like sure. a lot of the earlier issues, but it is I think it must be the Alan Davis stuff, and then later the Warren Ellis stuff. Um, that really sort of makes it fly a little bit more. Um, we shall see. Maybe all of it's crap. Who knows? Um, <laughs> that was so pessimistic of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of happy to, that Winnick's back on Exiles for a bit. Uh, I mean, you say he makes some dumb choices. We'll see what happens, but uh, I don't know if it could be any worse than Austin. I think the first storyline he does is actually not that bad. It's the one after, um, which I think Clayton Henry has to draw really dramatic things. So it doesn't really mm. work. But we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Well, I'm just excited for, for Blink to get back to that book eventually. Sometime. Yes. Every fun time. Right, Dan, well, that was that was that was four books really quick. Uh, but it was it was really nice to talk to you again. Is there any um, any any final thoughts about about these books or anything else you're reading right now that you would recommend? So I've I've um, I've read three things recently, back to back essentially. Well, I've just started the the third thing. Um, so I um, read. Um, Miles, um, Saladin Ahmed's uh, Miles Morales. I've been reading it in trade, and it's so good. So if you want to read anything while the new game comes out next month, literally a couple of days before my birthday, that game comes out. Um, if you want to get in the Miles Morales mood and you don't want to read uh, Bendis's take, which is still a good take, but you want to read something a little bit more, feels a bit more fresher and feel, feels more in, in in keeping with Into the Spider Verse, I'd say read um, the new. Uh, by Ahmed um, and Javier Garon's art is just awesome. I think he draws the best miles I've seen. Um, and then I read uh, Tom King. I started reading Tom King's Batman, and um, mm-hmm. I've dropped in and out of that. But the I am I am suicide story story because the what I'm reading is the first big trade. So the first the I am Gotham where it's still Snyder and King is okay, but the I am suicide is just like top level comic books it's not just top level batman it's just great comics and then i've right. just started my reread of because my beautiful boyfriend has bought me the wicked and divine in these gorgeous hardcovers and i've started reading that again and i've forgotten how good the wicked and divine is um and it's so beautifully english but in a good way not in like a haunting a bland manner way in like a, like, <laughs> like, a like, like good way that bloody tv show if i can if you haven't watched it anyone do not watch the haunting of whatever the sequel to the hill hill house one which isn't really a sequel because it's basically a shit version of turning of the screw and it goes on for nine episodes you, you did not have to tell that in nine hours you could have just tell, told all of it in an hour and a half in fact there's a film called the turning which is basically the turning of the screw which is the better thing you should just watch that instead wow so, i hated it and so <laughs> It's it's so Americanly English. It's like someone has watched fucking all of Downton Abbey and decided that's what England is, and so everyone is like speaking like fucking Mary Poppins, apart from 
like the groundskeeper. I do love the cook in it, but that's because I watch iZombie and I would like to be an iZombie. So. And there are some interesting choices. There's one really good episode. I'll give it that. If you can handle one episode and don't want to care about anything else, watch, I think, episode six. Just watch that episode. You don't need to think about anything else. But that's the only good episode in all of it. So, <laughs> And it's like an hour a bit a piece. There's literally an episode, which is just exposition. I was like, this episode is just a flashback of exposition. What is the point? What was the point of the last eight hours? Why don't we just watch <laughs> this episode and the final one? What is the fucking point? Like, I, don't get me wrong, I love my gothic rom- romances. I love, I love like, staring on the hilltops with, with, with ghosts and everyone being wistfully romantic about shit. That's cool. But nine hours? Nine hours? Mm, <laughs> That's mental. Mm. That's mental. Sorry, I could rent about it for ages. It fucking, I, I hated it. <laughs> and I stopped it and Ian was like, because I just wanted to do it in a day. I stopped it and he was like, are you going to go back to it? And I was like, I don't know. And it took me like two days to get back to it. And I was like, oh God, do I have to watch it? And I ended up basically reading a, an absolute crap ton of comics while, while it was on. That's, <laughs> that's something that's, anything will be there. I know lots of people like it, and I'm probably in the minority, but it is so bland. And and it's in that it has that that second season problem, especially when it's an anthology show, um, where the first season, uh, which isn't great but is better, um, does stuff which this one can't anymore because it's all, you know what I mean, so it can't copy. Mm-hmm. So it goes so far in the other direction that it kind of takes its teeth away. Um, so there's no real, it's not really about hauntings, there's no real like scary shit or anything, which is cool, I don't mind, but if you if you want in like something for Halloween, just watch anything else. In fact, there's a, <laughs> Korean, there's a Korean film called Hashtag Alive, um, which I watched and I enjoyed a lot. Um, it's on Netflix, I think, and it was quite fun. Um, it's only like an hour and twenty minutes. Um, it's you've seen the pre- you'll have seen the premise before, but I thought it was kind of fun because it's nice seeing like um, genres that are really old and has been like zombies, but done in a different country style. Because Korea are just killing it with zombies. Like um, Train to Busan is amazing. Um, I really like Kingdom, and uh, Alive was really fun. So clearly, Korean knows how to make zombie movies now. While, while the rest of the world doesn't so there you go <laughs> Just <want to> over. <laughs> well um i uh recently read uh batgirl year one which is kind of flawless uh marcus martin rodriguez lopez on art uh it's just really outstanding stuff um i uh you know, I think the same team did uh, Robin Year One, which I'm not really that much of a fan of, but uh, Batgirl Year One is is just amazing. Amen. Um, yeah. And as far as as you know, watching anything, I, I've been sort of going through the Venture Brothers one more time, which is sort of nerd comic book adjacent, which is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I, I rewatched uh, Blade Runner last night, Dan, the original, which. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at, at this point with everything in HD, you, you definitely need to have the, the final cut that's been sort of uh, adjusted. Uh, you know, effects have been improved, etc., to, to match the HD output. But uh, aside from, which always feels weird, is this romantic tryst that happens uh, kind of forcefully. Uh, I think it's still a really, probably one of Ridley Scott's best movies. Um, yeah. and, and it makes me kind of 
Think, thinking about all the other stuff he's done recently, I'm I'm really glad he didn't do Blade Runner 2049. They gave it to uh, Villeneuve and, and Deacons, who Deacons just makes it look so gorgeous that that movie. Oh my god, I was watching um, 1917. Oh my goodness, um, that dude's a master. Yeah, <laughs> Deacons is yes, he's so superb. Um, so I've been been uh, watching that, and. Uh, Man, I, I need something new to watch, Dan. I'm like sort of out of stuff here. Well, um, I can't help you because after watching the shit of Ghost Stories, all I've all I've, I've just ran back. I ran back into Deep Space Nine. I had it. I I I was on hiatus with it, so I've just been like, nope, I'll just watch that again because everything else is shit apparently. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, I do have um, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen is is coming on Tuesday. So Yay. next time we record, I'll let people know how that is because I've been so looking forward to reading that thing. I'm gonna get. I think I might get it in trade, but um, apparently I've got too many trades already to, on my reading pile. Please <laughs> <laughs> eat everything else first. Um, but yeah. Well, All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the little bonus gab about fun stuff to read and watch. Uh, thank y'all so much, Dan. Where can everyone find us? Um, they can find us at Excaliburs, um, well, at podbean.com forward slash, uh, slash Excaliburs, when we'll have all of our podcast joy. If you've only just started listening to this, you can go back and listen to the past ones. At Excaliburs1 on Twitter is where you can talk to us, or not talk to us, depending on how you feel, um, uh, or just block us, or judges, judges from afar, whatever you want, whatever you decide you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's all good. Um, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on pretty much anywhere. As long as you put in Excalibur into Google, we actually pop up. That's always cool. Um, and I think that might be it where we can find us. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dan. I, uh, it's, glad, it's, it's good to talk to you. Uh, it brightens my day from what... It's normally just a bunch of craziness, uh, especially with the election coming in like a week. I can only imagine. Yeah. My birthday is going to be ruined by your election. I can tell. <laughs> there could be there could be a civil war over here, Dan. We could be going into a a worldwide uh, fascist versus anti-fascist sort of uh, engagement that that takes you know years to. Uh, to, to to weed out all the undesirables. So we'll see what happens. Oh my god. Well, while you're having a dystopian nightmare, we'll just yeah. be starving, starving children and um, waiting at the whims of a government that we voted in. With, no, I say we. Idiots voted in and now, uh, now are questioning why people who hate poor people are punishing poor people. Mm. Uh, um, good times. We're living in a in a we're definitely going to be living in a Viva Vendetta style um, system at some point. <laughs> so, yay. Oh, God. It's so depressing. Yep. Well, it's not like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll see y'all next time. <laughs> yes. Without despair. Um, Jesus. Well, no. Go out. Find all my advice in these dark times. Go out. Find something that makes you feel happy or comfortable, and just do it. Add nauseam until it doesn't anymore. And then find some else. Right. <laughs> That's my advice. Good advice. Bye. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.